0: everyone, welcome to Ringside Ramblings. Uh, I am joined by, as always, the one and only wrestling connoisseur, Sam Kiola. Sam, how's it going? Not too bad. Uh, Really hot Hawaiian day here. How's it going out that way, John? It's not too bad. Uh, We got a really special episode of Ringside Ramblings today. We are joined by the CEO of AWR, Asylum Wrestling Revolution, Gary Emmett. Gary, how are you?
1: Oh, I'm doing good, man. First of all, thanks a lot for having me out. Second of all, you are the first podcast to ever get the name right the first time wow. trying to say it. They always, right? they always mess me up. Yeah, they always give oh, me an A R W or they they get the revolution and it's it's wild. But yes, I appreciate that,
2: man. That, that, well, I've, I've had John practicing for like <laughs> three weeks.
1: He now, has. So. <laughs> there we go. Good job, Sam. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> No, no, we're definitely excited to have you on, and I think um, I think this should be a, hopefully a, a fun podcast to do. I'm sure it will be. Um, so let's go ahead and dive in, uh, Gary. Give us a little bit of your background. How how did AW, uh, AWR come to be, and, and how did you get into uh, uh, the the business, so to speak?
1: Okay, uh, you know, I heard I heard where those initials almost. No, messed come up, on.
2: Yeah, you know, he, he caught
1: instant heat in his head when he knew he plumped up on him. He's like, oh, shit. Uh, but anyway, um, now, letting me know, before I even get into the wrestling thing, I wouldn't have gotten into wrestling if I didn't know the aspect of wrestling as a fan. You know, my father started me up when I was uh, a kid. I wasn't re- allowed to watch Stone Cold and the Rock. I had to learn about Bruce and Brody mm-hmm. and, and Dustin Rhodes. I had to learn about the old school that happened before my time to, to be respected on um, you know, wrestling as a whole. So I started loving wrestling as a little kid, forced into it. Honestly, I didn't have a choice. If I didn't like wrestling, I was in trouble. Uh, So, you know, it started off that way. Then I got into uh, uh, fantasy booking and uh, Uh, e-fetting. I was luckily uh, uh, with one of your Uh, (laughs) co-hosts. Me and Sam, I've known Sam since I was about, like, 12, 13 years old. Yeah, it's been a long time. 20 years, I'd say around me and Chuck yeah. was talking about it. Shout out to Chuck. Um, but, uh, uh we start off with that and, and I ran the and, and I, I was a part of some of Sam's beautiful masterful creations that were called Feds. Uh, uh, and then I moved on to like playing games, T E W E W R promotion wars, uh, you know, all the little booking games and it showed a different aspect. I love business. And, and uh, find out the business into something else you love, like wrestling, it, it was amazing. So once I got to that, uh, I've always wanted to book a show. Um, luckily, I found into a partner who was doing concerts. His name's Josh Stone, He's the other half of AWR. You don't hear a lot about him. He's the quiet guy, uh, um, the mouthy guy that, that handles everything. But uh, found him. He, he wanted to try wrestling. He actually took my idea and ran and it, tried it with someone else. And he came back to me, Gary, uh, bro, sorry. I need you, man. The first time didn't work. I got screwed out of a lot of money. Um, uh, shit didn't go the way it was supposed to. So he came to me, he gave me a shot at my idea creatively and, and my booking style. And next thing you know, two, two years later, we're still into this thing.
0: There you go. And I, I think w- we might talk a little bit about, uh, more, more of the booking aspect here in a little bit. Um, but, uh, as far as AWR, for those who aren't familiar with AWR, how would you describe AWR and, and the product that um, you guys put out?
1: I mean, everybody that I've talked to, because I'm big with my fans, if you go on our Facebook and you push the call call now button, it goes straight to my cell phone. Uh, I'm, I'm very active with talking to my fans. And, and they always compare this to the hybrid wrestling uh we we do a lot of different styles i don't want to just limit it to we do entertainment and and wrestling we we do everything i just debuted deathmatch wrestling with our past tournament uh we we love wrestling as a whole and, and i get i try to give the fans what they want with a story they can be invested
0: in yeah absolutely and i think that's important and something that people you know we might not get as much of that uh Mainstream than than we do compared to you know your smaller more local uh, uh, companies, so I think that's definitely always a fresh br- or a fresh breath of air uh, for fans when they go to a local show, and it's a lot more personal. You know, I'm speaking from experience. You know, here in, in the Carolinas, uh, anytime we go to a show, uh, it's, it's so much more personal. And, and like you said, you, you have your phone connected to your Facebook and things like that makes it feel really special and, and different. You're not kind of separated from the product, you, you can almost, you know, in, invest better in it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's definitely uh, a special thing for independent wrestling. Right. Um, you mentioned the death match uh, aspect that, that you guys had debuted. And I, I was looking into it a little bit and I thought it was interesting. Uh, you guys do a lot of shows there. I uh, think Indianapolis, right? Yes. And it seems to be a, some... Kind of history there as far as uh, IWA Mid-South uh, with their, their deathmatch title that, that existed. And I, and I don't look, I don't know much about it, but from what I gathered, you know, there, there was definitely a deathmatch scene in the, that area for a little while. Is that something you guys are, are trying to kind of replicate and bring back to the area?
1: Um, we're actually yes and no. I mean, we yes because I, I've always gave shout out to Ian Rotten. You know, a lot of people give him heat, and there's bad stories on Ian Rotten. And I don't know Ian Rotten personally, so I can't you know really comment on nothing. I don't know. It's just how I was raised. I just know at one point there was deathmatch wrestling in Indiana. There was deathmatch wrestling in Indianapolis, and that went away. Uh, I didn't, as a fan, I didn't understand because death wrestling at one point was the highest, you know, then it died down. Now again, if you look at it, it's peaking up there again, even more than what I think CZW days and, and the old IWA days. Now it's going back up there and getting the attention probably due to the internet and seeing the wild little 10 second, 15 second clips, but it still brings that love. And I, as a fan, Once again, I love every style. So I've always thought I was going to do deathmatch wrestling. I just finally got my partner enough balls to try to pull it off.
2: When uh, I saw that you were bringing back deathmatch, I was just like, whoa. Because, I mean, nobody, you know, as far as I've seen, nobody's really doing this, pushing this right now, Uh, especially deathmatch per se. We're not just talking hardcore here. This is a whole other breed of hardcore wrestling. So uh, I, I thought it was really interesting. You know, it's it's definitely something that's going to grab attention.
1: Yeah, we ran with it. Uh, I mean, like I said, as a deathmatch fan, there's other things that I'm about to in my mind and, and in my genius little thing I got going on in my brain. Uh, I have different styles and different stuff that normally you wouldn't see like in an ECW. You wouldn't see in a WWE when the mix, mixing. And matching different kind of styles and different mm-hmm. kind of match styles and stuff like that. We we plan on taking the death match guys uh, and, and partnering and putting them up against guys that's never done death matches and doing it in regular matches, showing that these death match guys because a lot of them get black. A lot of people talk about death match wrestling. These guys can't work. They're yeah. spot They're they're this. They're that. And most of these guys, I'll tell you right now: G Raver, Slack, Adam Blackheart. Uh, I, I can. Neil, Neil Steen, um, or Neil Cutter, my fault, uh, Chuck Steen, uh, Peter B. I can keep naming these names. They can all work a normal match. It's just, you know, you work what you're good at. People love the Mm -hmm. death match scene. If I put a slack up against a guy here in Indiana named Calvin Tankman, I promise it will sell out a whole arena here in the
2: Midwest because both the, both those names are amazing in the ring. Do you think that's because some of these wrestlers get stereotyped once they do death matches? Yes. I mean, uh, I've seen
1: it on the other half. Like, as a fan, when I, when I first seen it, you know, it, it sucks because there was a lot of names. I mean, hell, there's an amazing ref up in uh, WWE right now that did nothing but death matches when he first started. Uh, so, you know, Drake Younger started off as a death match god. And now he's a referee in WWE ring. Uh, John Moxley, Dean Ambrose. Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody didn't think about that when he entered WWE. But this guy was taking fake sawzall blades to the head, you know, <laughs> and, and, and doing all this blood and glass and stuff like that. And, and he's in WWE. So it shows that those styles actually can do something. I mean, it proves. There's a guy out here right now. I named him earlier. His name is G. Raver. Uh, this guy is actually amazing in the ring. Uh, you take you strip away all his gimmick, put him in a pair of underwear, and throw him in the ring. That boy's going to give you a hell of a match, no matter now. You throw all his gimmick on there, and throw some glass, now it's going to pop a lot different. But this boy still can wrestle with the best of
0: them. That's interesting, yeah. And I think, uh, Gary, you and I had talked a little bit, and uh, you said your last show, the, the death match show. Uh, was one of your most successful shows to date and I, I definitely think that proves that there 's still uh, a lot of interest, like you said earlier uh, in the uh, death matches uh, but I find it interesting that you're you 're going for more of a hybrid Style, and I think uh, I think that would be a great way to, to bring in all kinds of fans, whether they're you know maybe uh, lapsed fans or, or people who used to go to the shows but uh, they don't really attend anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that seems like a, a great way to to bring in kind of a the variety of of people back back to wrestling.
1: I mean, that's pretty much what, what I wanted to do as a fan because the main thing that started me when it was, I grew up, there was a lot of independent wrestling, and that's where you found your stars. That's where the guys, when they left WWF and WCW, you'd find them pop up. I was a kid, watched RVD and Sabu take on a local tag team here in Indianapolis. I actually got kicked in the back by Sabu. You still owe me for that one. But, you know, it, 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 regardless, you know, when when as I grew up, I noticed there wasn't a lot of wrestling shows around my area. A lot of my friends didn't. You know, we talk wrestling, but we couldn't stand WWE. We didn't understand we were too lost on the New Japan. You know, me, I used to be a New Japan fan, but I got lost. You know, I lost my way. And then when I came back, I was confused as hell. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, So now it's the same way here in Indianapolis and in Indiana and pretty much Midwest as a whole. independence popping up but a lot of these guys don't get known a lot of these people don't see the stars that they want to see or the wrestling they want to see if they do see wrestling they see a whole bunch of 50 year old guys that are mad they never made it up they you know they they see untrained guys that are just wrestling because they're dating the owner's daughter or sister's brother's cousin or it, that that's not what wrestling is. So I wanted wrestling. I will not put on a show that I won't want watch, and that's why I try to go for If if it wouldn't make me happy as a, a fan, I would not want to put it out to
0: nobody. That's a way to be. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm thinking, you know, when when we think about the mainstream, and and I hate to go there so early, but when we think about the mainstream WWE, your bigger companies it doesn't seem like they really care what they're putting out as long as the money's coming in.
1: Yeah, and, that, and I think that's true. Uh, that's sad, but true.
0: It, it's sad, but true, but it, it becomes more of, of, I guess that, uh, that business, that tycoon rather than making it a point to put on a, a quality show for, for people. And, you know, WWE's coming to town. So people are going to shell out the, you know, whatever it is now, $150, 200 bucks, uh, and and not really even know what they're seeing. I mean, they'll, they'll go and they'll watch, but but it's more for oh, I I went to a WWE show, but when you right. sit down and you it's look the at circus. the quality of what you're getting, exactly, the exactly, it's, it's not so, yeah, yeah. And and I think that's something that independent wrestling provides is uh, there. There's a lot more thought put into it. So Gary, what exactly uh, when you guys sit down and, and you look at a card, what are some of the things you think about? Uh, when, when putting that together? I
1: mean, first of all, you know, you know, keeping K-Fave alive, it, it's always the main storyline. It's always a story. Uh, now, I do have – there is matches that you want to put on, and that's what we do. We With our style of booking, we try to put on every style of match. I want a three-way of some of the hottest, fastest, high-flying guys. I want a, you know, a, a, a match that's going to turn the card, card up. You know, uh, uh, what, what do they call it? Uh, enhancement talent. I want someone that's going to come in there and enhance someone else. Now, I can tell you that from a booking perspective, but it, it all depends on the storylines. That, that is how an event is built. The only reason we did a deathmatch tournament was mainly because the storyline was built around Dale Patrick and, and his father, Corporal Robinson, retiring. So it, it helped us debut. It had nothing to do with our storylines. We never did anything to touch on. We were having a deathmatch tournament. We had one death match before that. But after that, it was time.
0: And, and something else that I noticed, um, I don't know if you want to get into this now or not. Uh, there, there was an event coming up there on June 30th, I think it was called Crisis. Yes. Uh, at the Citadel Music Hall. In, they're in Indianapolis, and you had, like, the uh, AWR heavyweight title scheduled. Uh, Shane Mercer and Drew Skills going one-on-one, uh, debut of Joey Venom. You, you had some things lined up for that show. Uh, but I saw your announcement today uh, that the show was being canceled due to uh, being pulled by uh, the venue. When, when things like this happen, well, ha- how do you guys kind of – Roll with the punches, so to speak. What what What's the plan from here for
1: uh, for Crisis? I'll tell you, the uh, the first thing is, uh, as a booker and a promoter, it hurts. it hurts worse than anything. I've always said it. I've said it in close to business partners, and I've said it to fans. I'd rather lose money than cancel a show because it hurts the product for the fans. Uh, it, me, me, as a promoter, I, I, I'm going to keep doing shows. I'm going to, you know, Crisis. We'll be back. You know, that event, I'm trying to make sure I can hold every match on there still, Uh, you know, to the day, even if it's in July, even if it's in August. You know, I I want it to still be what it was. If not, you know, what the old saying goes, the show goes on. Uh, You know, new people will be brought in and I will still have an amazing show because we use nothing but the best in the Midwest. Uh, So it, it really... More, it hurts the pride and it hurts the image. Uh, it, it hurts the fans. I mean, for fans to lose out on a show that, let it be no straight shoot. We wasn't even booking. The venue wanted it. The venue told us after our deathmatch tournament,
0: uh, and
1: they kind of screwed us on that one. Uh, but after that, they told us, hey, we want you back June 30." So, you know, to have someone sit there and tell us to come back and they're going to push on our show and they're going to budget a show and then they turn around and say, well, no, you guys take care of it. And then, well, no, you know what, don't even worry about it because we're having budgeting issues with other shows. I'm not going to be somewhere I don't want uh, to be. You know, uh, it felt like TNN and ECW all over. You want us Mm -hmm. there, but then you won't help promote us. You won't help push us. You won't help nothing with the show. How do you expect us to proper? You know, we, we've we grown. Our t- attendance have grown every show. Our ticket sales has grown every show. I have two DVDs and a shoot interview that's about to drop. Yeah.
2: yeah Especially, I think, with... It, um, it, it seems like with the growth and everything, and you're having the shows there, and they, they say, yeah, we want you guys to come back and everything, and then they're kind of flaky for lack like of a better term, I guess, because uh, you, you have the show booked, you, you're getting ready to do, sell the tickets, you're getting ready to, to do all this yeah, time, I'll, set it up. I'm two weeks behind on. on
1: tickets, uh, it, it, that's the sad point, the sad point is that we did everything on our end, uh, we, we have promotion out, you see, everybody that is part of the AWR, hopefully both of you are, uh, fan base, that you can see that we've been promoting every match like we normally we had this a month in advance. We've been promoting it and pushing it and throwing the matches out. Well, I was about to get the workers to drop some videos to promote the show. So as, as far as I knew this morning, a crisis was still happening. Then later in the PM, I get told that it's not, it's getting canceled. So the best thing I can do is try to keep it as honest as I can, as I always do with the fans. And to be honest, I've received nothing but great love back. I've gotten people offer me venues. I've gotten people tell me they can come out. I can, AWR can come out to their five acres out in Muncie, Indiana and put on nice. the show. You know, <laughs> that, it, it, for free. Hey, come out here for free and you can set up and do it in our backyard. Just let That's us talk awesome. to the show. You know, so I've really got a lot of positive feedback. I'm not letting it hurt us. I, uh, we we're a move forward type people. Uh, I ain't worried about the past. Uh, we got screwed. There's nothing I can do about it at this point. Uh, you know, best thing I can do is go to the meetings I have next week on three different venues and try to purchase my own venue. And yeah. then no, then go. nobody can tell me, hey, you can't do this show here. Hey, you can't do fire hey, you can't have a guy jump off uh, of this. Hey, you know, they gave us a seven-hour event and then cut it down to three hours two weeks before the last event. And I had to make a seven-hour event fit into three hours.
2: Man. To me, that's the dream right there, to have your own promotion, have your own venue where everybody knows this is where you go, this is where you watch the show, you know, whatever day of the... You could do weekly shows. You know, you could... uh, try to set up TV, so to speak, with, uh, you know, have a weekly TV show. Because that was the, the best thing, I think, about even the smaller promotions back in the day. Uh for Me, like growing up with USWA, ECW, all those shows, they had weekly TV shows you could just tune into. And, you know, you do the old school thing, you build up to your, your big shows. Uh Whereas now, you turn on every week's a big show. There's no even need to, to watch a pay-per-view because you get the show's on the, you know, a weekly basis. So, uh, yeah, I think TV, a weekly venue, you know, that would be something that would be amazing. I'm not sure if that's That's a plan you have for the future.
1: That's actually, you know, uh, an idea I have. I I lay everything on the table. and Like I've told you guys and like I've told uh, all my fans, every podcast, I'm open book school is in the line. Uh, if a venue happens for me undermine uh, a school happens or I have yeah. two wonderful veteran names that are ready to come in and train people. Uh, uh, a school happens. You never know what else it, it, even more with me being told that I can come out of town right now. I've gotten offers for out of town venues. Hold noticing on. that it's leaking a local, you know, aspect and might go out of state to another state. Now mm-hmm. well, I know there's a certain host on here that would love to see an AWR show in Hawaii.
2: Hey, bring him over, man. Bring your extension
1: over. bro. You know, if if I had a good ring connection down there, we might be able to make something happen. There we go. So We'll discuss that off the I, air. I, you hey, know, this, we
2: we this talk business. about this. you know there's some there's some big bras over here. You want some larger life yeah. wrestlers. Uh, this
1: is the place to look. Hey, man, that's what I'm looking for. I'm always looking for new guys, but that's that's the mindset. I mean, I look at it like this. I got a lot of flack for it because I'm a wrestling company. I'm putting out a shoot DVD. Mm-hmm. You don't see WWE dropping a shoot DVD. You don't see Impact. You don't see Ring of Honor. You don't see – they might be partnered into getting the worker into that aspect, but we're doing it ourselves, we're trying everything in house. So I'm actually about to start merch, and do I might start doing my own merch, just, just to cut the middle man Now yeah. uh, AWR is doing nothing but growing, and hopefully I can get to the point to where I'm in Hawaii. You know, uh, hopefully I can get to the If not, I'm satisfied with putting on great wrestling here in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Putting it online so all my fans that do reach it uh, farther through our Facebooks and our YouTubes and our all that extra stuff, giving them a product to watch. Yeah. You know, that's pretty much what we want to do. Hey, I want to leave my mark. That's pretty much all I want to do. If I do AWR for one more year and I still have people in 10 years telling me, hey, you guys did your thing, I did my job. I'm, I'll, I'm happy.
0: And it seems like, you know, everything you guys are doing and, and you guys kind of Growing and, and, you know, getting more in attendance. And it seems like, you know, the, the biggest thing that I can identify is that you you pull no punches. You're giving people what they want. And and I don't understand, you know, I guess when it gets corporate, things start to change. And, and I think that's a lot of the disgruntled fans now mm-hmm. is that, you know, you, you have these shareholders to consider. You have all these sponsors to consider. And it's just such a corporate conglomerate of of things that they're all it's almost impossible to to please uh the fans almost now i I don't know and sam and i have talked about this several times uh seems like wwe has a more than capable writing team uh but everything keeps getting blocked by a certain someone uh gary what what are your thoughts on this this is a big topic on uh ringside ramblings what when you look at wwe and it's creative well first of all i mean what, what, do you do you like it? Do you hate it? Where, where do you stand with all that? And I know that's really
1: good. Uh, not- As it, it, a fan, you know, uh, my aspect is I, I don't watch the product because I don't like it. You know, not, it's no shot at the workers. I think the workers from the videos and the, the little clips I've seen from social media, uh, I don't tune in Monday. I don't tune, tune in to SmackDown. I, I see what I see on Facebook. Nothing draws my attention. Uh, I feel like it's just a forced product. It's and it shows with what's happening outside of WWE. You know, when when you have someone building like AEW, when you have in, in New Japan coming over here to America doing shows, there's a reason. A market is being touched on, and it's showing that people are tired of the big dogs. Yeah, uh, they're they're not doing what they should, and even the workers leaving and leaving the way they should, they are, it proves that that's not working at all. Uh, they won't give my fanship back.
2: I I find it interesting, you know, not to to drag on about WWE, but you know, being a, a wrestling lover, being a writer, to to bring in people who you know maybe they like wrestling,
0: uh,
2: maybe they are writers, and they understand that aspect of it, but you always shoot them down. You know, uh, talking about Vince, how he he has his own vision for the product, but it it never it's never like two weeks down the road, uh, six months down the road. You know, they say they plan for WrestleMania all year long, but I personally can't really see it. What is your vision for for Asylum one year down the road from here?
1: One year down the road, I hope to be multi-stated. Uh, I hope to be doing shows in Michigan. I hope to be doing shows in Kentucky. I hope to be doing shows Ohio. That's where I see uh, owning our own building, having our training school here located in
2: Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's very possible. I mean, uh, it, it may sound very uh, ambitious, but I think that's a really a possible outcome, um, you guys growing the way you are. And and just indie wrestling in general right now, uh, or you know wrestling in that area throughout history has always been you know fairly big. You know, Ohio, Kentucky, Michigan—we got some friends up in Michigan. Uh, yes, uh, Tennessee. Even I mean Tennessee's always been a big wrestling wrestling state. John, I know you out there in uh, in the Carolinas wrestling. Oh is, yeah,
0: is running strong. Yeah. Yeah, we got a, we got several uh, independent promotions around here, um, and and people love it, man. People come out here, and, and it's a personal experience. Um, I just went know, through throw this up. There's, out there. there's we'll always cut John off, like I always do. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I Appreciate that. After
2: <laughs> I introduce him into it, I'm gonna cut him off. I think you should get like a literal asylum. You should find well, it. the thing of it is,
1: is I, I was shot that idea. Uh, I was shot that idea and there was one asylum that we found, but I, it's hard because I don't see people coming, like, 30, 40 miles out the way. <laughs> you know, because it fits. Oh, I mean, man, uh, that, I, I that, love that, it. That, we actually yeah. our a match tournament. My graphic designer, uh, Rocco McSweets, that's his name he goes by. He don't want people to know his legal name, so uh, we <laughs> we just call him Rocco McSweets. uh. He designed the padded room. He said, "Gary, you guys are Asylum Wrestling Revolution. You guys need to have a padded room on one of your flyers. I've been waiting for it." So I, yeah. like, oh, I said, "Go ahead, hit it, hit, do it, and it,
2: it it fits perfect. I want to. That'd be amazing." But yeah, that'd I, be it right there. Maybe you just get a big, big plot of land of your own somewhere in, in Indianapolis and just build, build it to spec. You know. But it looks like on the outside and the inside is a big coliseum, But well, I'll, t- I'll tell you, we we we
1: talking about a venue. You never know; you might see an asylum room in there.
0: Yeah. Am I allowed to talk now? <laughs> yeah, I <guess laughs> just want to make sure. I you talk about John. Thank you very I much. Sometimes because you're that.
2: never on the show, so
0: I'll be nice to you. <laughs> Going back to the TV comment, I know you know it's probably might be too early to even be thinking. Too much about it, but we see that Impact and ROH in particular are, you know, kind of trying out these different methods of delivery. You know, we see Twitch being utilized more often or YouTube. Um, Gary, what do you think about the digital formats? We hear a lot of people talk about ratings and things like this. Um, What what do you think about providing your your product on on a more digital format as opposed to a more traditional uh, Uh, platform?
1: I mean, we've looked at it, uh, and I've actually, my aspect, you know, let the cat out. Poked the tail out a little bit, show you what I got from the rear end. Um, we've been looking at maybe doing, instead of a weekly show, releasing a weekly show. Instead of being in front of a crowd, I'm having my trainees wrestle shows for YouTube for free. Just release it for free because people cannot deny this aspect. And that's what I feel is missing from a lot of local independence. When I say local independence, I'm talking about the low down. <clears throat> you know, guys throwing 50 60 people shows, and they're actually doing good shows, but the problem they have is they have no social networking. And because they don't have that, and because they don't use YouTube to release their old videos, or they don't have Facebook, or they, if they're not using Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, if they're not using all those aspects, that's the reason why they're not going past 50 or 60 people. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, and and, uh, that definitely makes sense. And I think just having that, like you said, that exposure, um, and it seems like, especially in, I'm not sure about up there, but uh, in the Carolinas where where things are so, I guess, it's very traditional out here. Um, You know, social media is not not even used that much at all, let alone a a Twitch or or YouTube. Um, But I think uh, from what I can tell, impact is, is doing pretty well on Twitch for, for what it is. Um, and I think there's a demand, um, and, and I, I, have thought about this and me and Sam have talked about this several times. Uh, we, we don't see, you know, possibly how it could really hurt, uh, the product because, you know, not only are you giving people what they want to see, um, but you're getting more exposure. So I, I think, you know, hopefully, Gary, I'd I'd love to to see a a weekly show, hopefully down the road. Uh, We've
1: discussed it. We've also discussed future events being live streamed. Uh, The the issue with that is set up. (laughs) It's a lot easier said than done. Mm -hmm. We'll, We'll put it like that. You know, a lot of people, they're waiting on my DVD releases, and they're asking me to go to SmartMark. They're asking me to go this... There's a lot more. I just don't email Smart Mark and tell them, hey, put my stuff up here. The uh, back door to that. To get get my stuff streamed in HD quality, I have to have to set up for it. But I would love to. Uh, there, there's a reason why we're trying to find new venues to do what we want. Because then I can hang a camera up that can broadcast online and yeah. not have to worry about people telling me, no, I can't do it.
0: Yeah. And I would imagine having that, just that, you know, freedom to do whatever you want. I mean, that, that's a game changer. And I think it would definitely just de- increase the quality of uh, the product you guys are putting out. Um, so, yeah. Um, let me see. I, I think what what I really want to, want to talk about more is um, the, the booking aspect. And I know we keep kind of going back to that. Um, mm-hmm. But As far as uh, your your world championship, is so to speak, what 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 is the thought process uh, that that you all go through thinking about, you know, who who, who's going to be kind of the the face of uh, AWR or or what what kind of characteristics do you look at uh, when when looking at a champion? What 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 how do you describe a champion?
1: My first thing was my first show. uh, You know, a lot of people got on me because I didn't go for a champion like my first show. Uh, We built up to a champion. Our second show had two number one contender type matches to see who would fight. My aspects when I look at a champion is someone that has respect for the business, has respect for my promotion and sees what I'm doing. And they can adapt to what... Anything happens, because I've learned that with wrestling. I could say I'm putting this guy with this guy, and then two weeks later, the guy says he can't come to the event. So now i got to totally change that and try to uh, intertwine what I was already doing. I can try to make a tag team work, and the next thing I know, the tag team don't want to do no more shows because I'm out of their their, their way. <laughs> um, you know, it's pretty much a learn-as-you-go aspect. And, and to be honest, a champion that will put it on their back. Because uh, to me, the champion has put in as much work as what I do. Because I'm his brand, he's representing. Luckily, I found a guy in, in Drew Skills. Drew Skills is a veteran here in in the Midwest. I don't even want to say it's just in Indiana. Drew Skills has been around. He's been on TNA. He's, you know, the the boy's been around a long time. Whooped a lot of boys' asses while he's done it. <laughs> and it just it put him in the AWR ring. He's telling what I, this story I wanted. He's doing it more than what I even knew I wanted, to be honest. He's taught me the most I've ever learned about the business. A lot of people looked at me as some other guy that just came in the business. How'd this guy get in? And Drew Skills taught me everything I know. Some things he's still trying to teach me, and I'm hard-headed as shit.
2: What? But, you hard-headed? Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, you know, the, you give him the credit that could be. But then once again, you got a guy like Clayton Gaines that he's been beautiful. Clayton Gaines is your, your good guy. and AWR, he, he went through, I think it was 19 other guys. I think we it was 20. Um,
2: how is it, as far as the landscape, of the indies right now because there's a lot of guys out there that are getting called up to like nxt impact you know AEW's out there picking up guys now uh, mlw a lot of these places are offering contracts and you're talking about like some people are are even kind of being flaky and whatnot Uh, how how much is all all the other bigger places impact you trying to book a show and, and build a, a company around particular guys? <laughs> and,
1: uh, uh, I mean, shooting a shot. Impact, leave my motherfucking guys alone. Um, the Rascals, uh, Trey Miguel, uh, that, that was the homie. Shout out to him. Uh, Ace Austin, shout mm-hmm. out to him. These are all guys we had our first show, second show. Uh, a lot of them lately, a lot of guys that we used at the beginning – have went on to, I guess, greener pastors. Uh, uh, you know, I, I couldn't say. I know. But, I mean, they both – I support them and glad they're getting the TV time they're getting, especially Trey Miguel. Uh, Trey Miguel and Ace Halston deserve everything that they're getting right now, uh, hundred, 110%. Um, but there's a lot of other companies that grab them up on contract because they're scared. I mean, I've never had an issue with anybody booking, going sour because of another company. I've had bookings go sour because of the workers being dickheads. Uh, I've had bookings go sour because of issues like this and with venue problems. I've never really had an issue with another company stepping on our toes yet. I think their money has increased. I mean, uh, I'll put it that way, not to talk about the fees and stuff like that, but should be told once you get a big company like that, next thing you know, you're a star. And yeah. that that hurts. It doesn't hurt us, but it hurts the people that can't afford those big names because once again, there is companies out here that deserve the, the same thing AWR is doing. I don't, I couldn't tell you what I'm doing right. Um, I just booked a show that I wanted to see and everybody else did too, and they keep coming back. Uh, but the other companies, it's hard for them because they don't have the budget that we have to put into a show and, and put on the stars that we bring in every time. And I feel bad for them because, you know, a guy like them telling them 300 bucks, that's almost mostly small locals. That's a quarter of their budget yeah. for one guy, and you'll see that. But then you also see big, big legends that'll do it for the love, and they'll come in a lot cheaper just because they agree with what you're doing in the style you're doing
0: it in well i i think sp- speaking of that love uh when when it comes to and i, I know i i kind of keep going back in in the conversation but sam keeps interrupting me so i, I kind of <laughs> you know i i gotta bring it back up while i can you still you still crying um, about that you know what <laughs> i'm i'm done with you <laughs> um, oh man when it, when it comes to the love of it, it and that's kind of what you said earlier, when, when you're looking at a champion, you know, they, they gotta, you know, put in the, the same amount of work as you at, at least, or, you know, cause they're representing the brand and things like that. And I think that definitely takes a, a certain type of love. That is, that is more of what, what goes on behind the scenes when it comes to a fan's perspective, uh, what are some considerations that you have in keeping a, a championship looking important or prestigious to the audience?
1: uh, uh... From a fan's perspective, or from the booker to the fan,
0: from from the booker to the fan, booker
1: to the fan, you gotta make the championship means like it, it, it means something. You can't just put it on everybody. You can't make a champion flip flop back and forth, and you can't be in the like on the show for five years and already be a fifteen time, a fifteen time champion. That, hmm. that don't make no sense. I mean, I put it like this. Why did it take Ric Flair his whole career to get to 16? Uh, it, it don't make no sense that now we have people that, and John Cena's been there, I'm excluding him. You know, because to be honest, John Cena, if anybody deserves it, that's the only one nowadays that would deserve to do that because he has done what Ric Flair did for the for, for wrestling at his time, for wrestling now. So I can see John Cena beating but well, why did he have thirteen of them in his first five years? Right, and then I mean, it right. we now.
2: He's done. He's yeah, sixteen. Retiring. He's
1: done. He, he's like, all right, I did it. You know, but it, it's sad that that does something. And I, I got taught that. I got taught that your championship means everything. You know, that's why the main reason I didn't just immediately <laughs> throw a title out there to somebody. I wanted to see the guys work, and that Drew skills got the reaction he had to get to get that title. I didn't know Drew Skills was getting the title until the second event when I seen his reaction. The the fans told me that Drew Skills was that much of a bad guy, asshole, whatever you want to call him,
2: that he deserved Mm -hmm. that first run with that title. So you're telling me that you sat and you watched the fans, you watched the audience, and you saw the connection (laughs) between the wrestlers and the audience and who was working who and Yes. This that. uh, that, that's what matters to me. You yes. made the decision off of that.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm telling you right now, if I would have been watching that and, and say when, and I'll go back to the events and play them off, which mm-hmm. the first, uh, the first event, Shane Mercer versus Drew Skills versus um, Tataka. Mm-hmm. And that was set up because a certain worker dicked me and was a dickhead to me and threatened to try to fight me the next time he came to Indianapolis. But that that's me the hair there. Uh, uh, Juice Skills cheated his way to the victory. The crowd hated it. Fucking hated him, screamed at him, yelling, Okay, yo, good, I see where we're going with this. Went to the second event, he took on Al Snow. The hill heat that Al Snow had over or the hill heat that Drew Skills had over Al Snow's pop was more. Like, people nice. were more willing to hate Drew Skills than to cheer for Al Snow. If you catch mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah. Now now let it be known. Playing games, people loves him. They're just not getting in our area. They're just not getting turned on to. Him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: His reaction was good, but it wasn't nothing like the heat that Drew Skills had. That night when he did what he did and he had a tag team that was there at that time in AWR, not with us no more, they came down helping lose or help him win. It created so much fucking heat towards him. So with that right there, I I knew I have to give this guy this belt because he's going to make people hate him. Whoever beat him, whoever, if it's Clayton Gaines, if it's someone else down the future, they're going to love the shit out of him. They have to because they know they hate Drew Skills. Right. When, yeah, when a guy folds a kid's kid sign up and throws it like an airplane across the event, you know, he, he's a heel.
2: I just, I just want to clarify because you know John and I, we come on here and we talk about faces and heels and and the audience and the connection the wrestlers should have with the audience and work in the audience and everything. And you, you don't get that in a lot of the bigger promotions these days. And, uh, for a lot of fans out there, uh, I, I think younger fans are, are just now getting into wrestling. They kind of don't understand that about about what it is. They don't, you know, it's it's like you see in WWE. They say, "Oh, you can cheer whoever you want," but oh, it's no. it's so many different levels of, you know, the the wrestler and their ability to work the crowd and and get them to love or hate them.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've had two, two workers come into a match, not to cut you off. uh, And and they both were known as good guys and we couldn't figure out what to do with them. Mm -hmm. We like, we couldn't figure out who was going to work Hill that night. Who was, so what we did, we waited till the fans decided. When the fans decided who was over that match, that's who was facing that was Hill. I've been, I've, I went out to the crowd my first show to show my markiness, and I knew who I had to cheer for and who I had to boo. So I would start booing people, and I would start cheering people. My wife does. My daughter, she loves everybody, but she knows that certain (laughs) certain people are bad guys, and she boos the hell out of them, tells them their mama should have never had them. It's fun. I, I like that aspect from being a fan. You know, I, I've heard it a lot in the business. They say the fans should stay fans.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If that's true, this business would never go anywhere. If the fans <laughs> didn't include themselves in the show, AWR would never be lot. You know, and, and we've done what we do, mm-hmm. and I have a little bit of fans that love me to death for what I've done. It, it, the fans need their part in wrestling. It makes wrestling go around. Now, do I think fans need to be backstage, chilling, talking – uh, Worker talk to him Hell no I almost gotten in trouble the first time So until I took my first bump And uh, I probably Will never do that again But yeah, um, it, 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 There's a certain respect where fans Need to remain, remain fans But I feel like they're involved with the show That is the show The one fall the the All, all that That is the show They help the show continue
0: We hear a lot about heel heat And we hear a lot about this idea of, you know, go away heat or, you know, this heel is, is, you know, he – it's not that he sucks. I I just hate him. It's not that he can't wrestle. I just hate him. It's a heel. Gary, what do you think about this?
1: It's a heel. Yeah. Uh, I
0: mean, I'm going
1: to tell you right now, and I get so much flack, and a lot of workers are probably want to whoop my ass when I told them this. I I hate Bret Hart. Hating with a fucking passion. Not that he can't work. Not that he can't. I just hate him. And now I figured out that his heel character works. You know, now being Mm -hmm. in the business, when I was a fan, I didn't understand it. There was something about Bret Hart that I hated. I cannot like him. I don't care if he was a good guy. And then I remember when I started hating him. And it burnt me so bad that I fucking hated him. I've seen wrestlers actually attack because of their Mm -hmm. heel
2: heat. I mean, uh... John and I talked about this years and years ago when uh, Vicky Guerrero was out there and uh, the people just hated her and you could go online and people just talk so much shit about her and think, Oh, she sucks and this, that. And I was like, dude, she is working everybody. Mm -hmm. They've been in the business for forever. She's married to Eddie and the rest of the family. And uh, you know, she come out there and she just knew exactly how to work everybody to be the, the biggest heel probably in the company at the time. Uh, Yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting how you have some, you know, wrestlers who are so good as heels, who uh, maybe they don't even intentionally know what they've done, but uh, there's, you know, we, we hear stuff like X-Pac heat. Is there any X-Pac fans out there? Uh, I don't think so. You know, I mean, him as a heel, you, you couldn't hate anybody more, I don't think. Except for Bret Hart. Except for Bret Hart. Maybe Lex Luger. <laughs> we had, had to talk the other the other day on between our, uh, the crew and everybody was was uh, talking about how much they hated Lex Luger and how much they hated X Pac and you know I had to laugh. I'm like why? I've, I've never hated
1: X That's the thing. I, I love X it's, oh, I, I I think it's hilarious. AD. I don't know what it is. People talk about this all the time. I've, I've, how
2: can you? How can you hit a guy that blows
1: his mark, asshole mark. out in a in a match? You know what I mean? <laughs> That alone will get you a booking in AWR. I promise.
2: There you go.
1: a level match. Yeah, just blow your asshole on a turnbuckle. I swear. you. <laughs> oh
0: man, um, well. Yeah, you know, and that's what John's I all tore too, up you know, now. What, what, I'm, I'm torn up I'm talking about this <laughs> You know, and it's, when we talk about the heels, I, I think it's almost this desire that you know we see this change in in, in in what we see and what we watch. It's like everybody feels the need to to be liked or, or oh, something. Yeah. It's like people are afraid to really get in there and, and live up to what a heel is. Um, we, we mentioned, um, Vicky, Mark Henry ha- has said multiple times when you have a heel go out there and, and work the audience that way, the, the fans are essentially like your puppets and, and you're mm-hmm. the puppeteer and you've got them in the palm of your hand and, and we it's like, but now everybody has this desire to come off as like a, a cool heel or, or somebody who's, who's got this redeeming quality about them, you know, he, he might be a bastard, but you know, he's, he's pretty cool. Like, but nobody's really afraid to get it. Everybody's afraid to really get in there and, and just be this unredemptive character. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that's my take on and, it. And I, this, we've talked there's about nothing against
2: being, um, redeemable. I mean, you can be an, an, an irredeemable character, and then later on, I mean, everybody watched Game of Thrones. Who ha- who didn't hate the Kingslayer the first season? And then later on, you're like, oh, wait, this guy's not so bad after all. And I think that's wrestling itself, you know. You you have a character who is completely irredeemable. He's a bastard, and you hate him for a year or two years, and then something happens, And the crowd gets worked, and all of a sudden, they're like, hey, you know what? That guy's not so bad. And he becomes your your top
0: guy, your top face. You know, I mean, it's... But but without that heel, you know, without that really strong heel, why, why do you have a reason to really like someone? I mean, yeah. the Undertaker went on the record, out of character, and said, "More these days, it's the moves that are over. It's not so much the the characters that are over. It's, it's the moves or you know, the the flashiness to yeah. it." And he said, "There's a the big you know lack of the the fundamental storytelling that made wrestling what it is." So, I, I think the the psychology is is definitely not uh, pretty close to non-existent, at least on the mainstream. And that's not to say that these guys aren't talented, but I don't know what it is. If it's uh, the the agents, or if there's a
1: group. that's, that's booking, brother. That that's your your brother. That's your boss is putting too much over on you and not letting you be yourself. Just mm-hmm. from my yeah. aspect, I let my workers when they come to me, and it's like a shocking thing because me, I've always told people. Now you know, I'm not I'm not a wrestler. I'm not gonna tell you. Hey, I'm wanting you to do a hip toss into a headlock into a. No, bro, go out there and do you. But look, this is what I want. Yeah. This is the spot I want, and this is who I want to do it. You guys tell your story. That's That's what's missing from mainstream nowadays. That's why independent is getting so much love. That is why it – because WWE, you can tell – I'll shout out the videos I see of Bray Wyatt. That shit is fucking amazing. I don't know what he's doing right now, but it really, that's almost got me back to the point to watch. But I know I can see all his shit on YouTube. Uh, but, uh, you know, if they let most of the workers they have right now on that TV do what they want to do, one time, one time, it'll, it'll make them ratings go back up. I guarantee it. Let them call their match in their uh, locker room. That's the thing I love. If I, if I don't record my guys in the back for, for personal reasons, but if you could see the way these guys choreograph their matches, if you could see when you give them 100% and tell them, do what you want to do, when you see the amazing stuff that they come up with, you would think it was booked. You would, you would think it was something that was preplanned, and these guys just come off so fluent, so amazing on the indie. That's why I love it. I won't watch WWE as long as I'm doing uh, AWR. I, I stopped watching a good six months ago. I watched Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. And that's like nostalgia.
2: Yeah. I think what you're saying, too, is you can see it out there. I mean, uh, you have a lot of the WWE writers that are hired and never get to do their job. Uh, a lot of them have said that, you know, Bray Wyatt, he's a genius. And they don't understand why, you know, he's been off TV for so long and why they're, you know, he's still in the background. Uh, and even if you look at uh, Moxley right now, who, you know, he had that big uh, uh, interview with Chris Jericho and his recent match in Japan, New Japan, against Juice Robinson. And we got to see him kind of unchained and them go over there and let him do what he's been wanting to do instead of just uh, held back and put in a box and, okay, you're going to do this move. You're going to do the elbow off the top Dean and uh, you do your, your Planka and your suicide dive. And then that's it. And uh, you know, WWE is so handled down, you know, it's, it's refreshing to, to have uh, companies that will just be like, Hey, you know, you guys are wrestlers. This is what you've been trained to do. You do this. Five six nights a week, go out there, tell your story in the ring, and this is what I want you to to get across overall. And I mean, shit, man, that's how you book right?
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's how I was taught. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and let it be known whenever Moxley's ready to try the first death match again, you know, whenever you get that itch again, <laughs> time to come home at me. We're in his own stomping ground. You can do the history. That boy's done a lot of stuff here in Indianapolis. So I'd love to have him back. Just like that and the guy that directed that video from Moxley, Nick Mondo.
2: hmm
1: you know, uh, that was a good little mixture. A lot of people didn't know until Ma- Nick Mondo put it up that he did the video.
2: Yeah, that was pretty sweet. You know,
1: yeah, was uh, coming out to find out that, you know, someone he had a lot of you know, ties into the Deathmatch world is actually the one that did the video.
2: Yeah,
1: And Sick Nick's a good friend. He's a real good guy. Uh, uh And uh, I wouldn't know one-tenth of what I know now if it wasn't uh him. He's a very, very knowledgeable person. So, I mean, to see that shit happen, and boy, it's a good time to be independent wrestling. I'll tell you that much.
2: Is there anybody out there that you would uh, just absolutely love to work with?
1: I'm a mark. Let that be known. So when I heard he, when this straight shoot, when I heard Undertaker was free taking bookings, I hit him.
2: <laughs> you told me you guys checked I, into that, and I mean, it yeah, be- I checked into it
1: immediately. The, the, I mean, there was no way for us to make money, but it, that shows, right? You know, Moxley, Moxley was free. I've I've reached out the many ways that I know how to reach out to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know because I would love to pull that Moxley. Anybody would. Uh locally, uh Scotty Vortex. I've tried him a couple of times, loved again. Nick Gage. I like to get Nick Gage in one good time. Um Pentagram. Hmm. Uh I'd like to i like to get Delirious from Ring of Honor. Hmm. That's a name a lot of people I ain't seen in a while. Yeah. He, he was a very good worker. Uh Pinky uh Pink, Pinky? Pinky Sanchez. Crimson, not the Impact Crimson.
0: Uh, Crimson. He used to work in a OCW, Ohio Championship Wrestling. Do you remember yeah. that, Gary? Yep. Yeah, I yes. know exactly what you're talking about. Yep.
1: Yes. Now he, kinda, he had the gimmick with the. Um. Um. Uh. I don't want to say joke. I don't wanna say Joker. The face paint. Now he doesn't it doesn't face it.
0: Yeah. Paint. yeah. Sure.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. him and Impact went at it for a little bit because it's mysteriously after Crimson starts sending tapes to them showing him his gimmick, Makes they say no thing turned into a joker. But that's I don't know nothing about that. Uh but uh you know him, I'd love to work with him. I'd love to work a lot of old deathmatch guys. I'd love to try to get wife beater to do it one more time. Uh, um I'd like to get June Kasai out. Oh. Uh, Bad Monkey, definitely. I uh, I know he's in Passport and all that stuff. It's a lot of work, but You're I'd right. love to get him out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know any, like, other names except for locals, honestly, because I'd, I've i stopped the big name. You mentioned Julius and
2: uh, to. earlier we talked about having, like, some deathmatch guys work like a straight-up match just to show, hey, these guys can really work. Uh, that he one, is one of them. I would love He it. is one of them. Yeah,
1: that is a guy that I've. Uh, there's a couple of those deathmatch guys I can list all them. That I'd love to see in a normal match yeah. because they actually have a style. My dude Slack. I don't know, you know, how big following you guys are on deathmatch wrestling, but Google these names. Uh, Slack is R age Stone Cold, if not better, because the boy is Jack. Boy, don't take no shit. Uh, uh, he's a monster in the ring. Um, he can do some amazing stuff. There's a lot of names out here that can still do it, and that's why most of my guys I want to book are lower names. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want no legends no more.
2: So are you absolutely against booking any, uh, like, ex-WWE guys, uh, big names?
1: Until they come at me with the right price, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, there's a few guys that I've spoke to. I won't say all the way, you know, WWE's i never say never. Mm-hmm. It's true. I never say never. If a guy comes to me and he has a good deal that will help both me and him, hell yeah. I'll give the fans if they want to see it one more time. Yeah.
2: I mean, there's, yeah, there's uh, a lot of talent that slips through the cracks that, uh, you know, it's I, I've i always felt it's a shame because they can't, you know, they they made a small name in WWE and then they can't go anywhere else because people will say, oh, he's a WWE guy.
1: Yeah, well, uh, that and I feel if you look at WWE gimmick. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a 50-50. Uh, you know, it's the fans. The fans are going to want to see him because they're that name. Right. But if you milk the WWE gimmick too much, you'll never be nothing else.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I know certain workers, uh, you know, in the Midwestern area that will still work their gimmick, and they've been out of WWE for 10 15 years. Kinda it's kind of sad. It's like, man, you could have created something. I, I love uh, um, Kevin Thorne. Uh-huh. I love him. He recreated himself every time. Yeah. He, he, you never seen him, you know, stay this exact Aiden Rock, you know, Mordecai for tw- uh, 10 years afterwards. He switched it up again. Yeah. There's a lot of guys out here that ride, ride that WWE coach. I just don't think they're. I've been told some crazy prices. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and oh, go ahead, John. Yeah.
0: No, no. no, no. Um, are you sure? You sure? I think the reinventing thing is, is so interesting to me because we have a guy out here um who used to be part of the I don't know if you guys remember the Phi Delta Slam tag team in TNA. Oh um, yeah. uh and he just completely reinvented himself. I mean he's got the face paint now, he's he's you know, built really well. He just really took it and owned it. And uh you know he's doing pretty well around here in, in the Carolinas, and I think that's a testament to to just changing it up and, and not growing complacent in, in, in with what you're doing um, and, and making it work you know that and having that kind of talent on your show uh com- compared to some of these um, and and i don't look i I don't know I've never booked a show but I would imagine some of these you know big names that you know, people try to go after i mean there there's a Probably a, not just a high price to be met financially, but, you know, as far as your, your locker room is concerned or as far as the, the I hate to say, ego is concerned, there, there might be some consideration there, too. Am I wrong, Gary? Uh,
1: no, you're not wrong at all, brother. Like I said, I've had, I've had big names in. Luckily, you know, I didn't have the two I had come in were not egotistical. They were, they were about making the show the best that it could be. I mean, I, I'm lucky enough to say I got a good hour from Tatanka picking his brain. And that was the most amazing feeling ever. One as a mark, two as a promoter. I've only been in this business for two years. Not even two years. I'm coming up on two years. And to have Tatanka born an aspect of the business he's never known never seen and he's just pouring it out telling me that money can't buy that
0: yeah
1: i've never had that issue now i've had issue of people being mouthy and that's neither there you know wrestlers are going to have their egos i've had that plenty of times when asking wrestlers to come in some have problems with other wrestlers and they won't work a show with them And it's like, you want, uh, some wrestlers want you to give them all the money up front. Never in my life, in any kind of business I've ever done, I've never handed people money without work being put in. It don't make sense. Or a big pet peeve of mine is if I put you on my show, promote my show. It, it, it's your brand. You, you're, that's the only issues, honestly, from me being a promoter that I've ever had. And venue issues. Venue issues will always happen in Indiana. Almost every company that's here has had a venue issue.
0: Is it is it you know, multiple venues that you seem to have an issue? Is there some kind of like a single I mean, issue? Out
1: there uh, no, it, it, the, the biggest issue.
0: Mm,
1: mind you, had to get a drink. Uh, the biggest issue out here for a new promotion is following bad past. There's been two or three promotions here in Indianapolis that have burned. Literally, um, so then you have that issue. Then you have venues that think they're ready to get into the wrestling business, but then they notice that ain't the billion-dollar business that everybody thinks it is, and they get scared. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not ready to see Deathmatch. You know, even though you know Deathmatch pulls a big crowd. Yeah, it, it, it's hard. It's uh, we've had sponsors lined up. And then when they sing deathmatch, they got scared. When they seen the word deathmatch, they got scared. Not knowing that these guys go out of their way to protect each other.
0: Do you ever have any kind of, you know, when, when you're dealing with that is- – is there any opportunity for rebuttal, so to speak? Do you have a chance to try to be like, hey, you know, there's there's a there's a desire for these people to, to see this. There's a market for this. Or do they just completely shut you down and there's no room to, to negotiate? Well,
1: I hate to shoot on Indiana, but, you know, if you know Indiana's past, uh, Indiana is pretty much a, you know, if they see something that style, you know, uh, they immediately run from it. Uh You know, so we've reached out. We've got, we've had our business partners and we still do. And we have people that's going to support us no matter what our decisions are, no matter what we do. So that's the good part of it. But the bad part of it is once again, fighting against negative people stops us from going into pre-existing things. So then you got to create your own avenue. And that's where we're at a point. We're at a point where it's time. It's, uh, I put it on my own Facebook, nut up or shut up. Uh if a venue ain't gonna support you and what you need in the show,
0: you need then you mm-hmm.
2: your own venue.
0: Absolutely. And I think uh definitely some exciting things in AWR's future coming up. Um and hopefully, you know, the next show you'll you'll have the venue issues sorted out. Uh seems like there's quite a few people who are definitely looking forward to the next event that you guys are having. Uh to be determined. I, uh, I wish I could I, go I, I know it. you're unfortunately be a long time. I swim. do too. Uh, well, brother,
2: I got, I got the little noodles and the little arm things for you. we we'll get you over oh, here. bro, I would, need, I would need more than a noodle. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get you over here. I promise, one way or another, <laughs> I will
1: get your ass over here. I need you in the, back, the background with me,
2: Sam. Oh, hell, man, I would love that, absolutely. i tell you what, if, if if I ever make it back to the mainland, you can count me down for that. I'll even drag uh, I'll have- just John up there. Oh, no. you I'll, tell
1: you, I'll tell you just like that. You give me a month notice, I might have to book a show around it, just to make sure we oh, have yeah. an AWR show yeah. for you. We might have to do I'll, an AWR gonna, backyard show.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna break a little bit of news here. You know, just John, he's he's supposed to get trained. Oh, I
1: am. No. That's, that's the trained. plan. That's the so, plan. Are you to are you training to be a worker?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the plan. We'll we'll see what happens after after I uh, after I take this exam I got to take. But...
1: I gotta be I gotta be grown up first
0: (laughs) yeah I had a bit of that yeah (laughs) Yeah, it is what it is
1: yeah yeah, Um, you gotta build you gotta build to it brother I mean like uh, everything I did it didn't happen overnight Uh, Mm -hmm, you gotta build for it so uh, you gotta hey I'll tell you what get that thing out uh, get that done hopefully I can get my venue I'll get you out here We'll get you on the WR go. show. I might have some guys to make right. you would like to, but it's okay.
0: <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll do what I need to do. I like. I like popping them uh, deathmatch cherries. Uh, I like that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam, take us home. All right. Well, that's you know,
2: this is a, a really special edition because uh, just John and myself have been so really busy, and I've been really wanting to have Gary on for for quite a while now. So. Uh, much love to everybody involved in this today, and I am looking forward to seeing that next show, Gary. So uh, for just John and Gary and Asylum Wrestling, uh, <laughs> goddamn, this—that's Ringside Rambling. <laughs>